You're listening to the Mini Market Podcast presented by Tellum Sports. Welcome back to the Mini Market Podcast. One, two, three man weave today. Dalton here with Isaiah and Connor. Connor, welcome back after a week Thank absence. You. It's great to have you here. No Vikes this week, but we've still got a loaded schedule. Talking wild, talking wolves, talking gofs. But first, fellas, how are we doing on this lovely Sunday? Good to be back. Um, yeah, it was kind of nice to take a week off from the stressful uh, games that is the Vikings. It seems like every game uh, you start to see gray hair sprout up all over. So um, it was nice to just have a breather this week from that, honestly. Seriously, it's stressful. I was down south of the border in uh, Iowa for a wedding this weekend, so yeah. allowed me a little grace getting home on this rainy Sunday. So yeah, appreciate the little bit of bye week from the Wolves. Excuse me, a little bit of bye week from the Vikes. Skull. Skull. Okay, well, do we want to kick it off with a new segment? Pew, 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 pew. All right. A classic wedding song, Every Rose Has Its Thorn. Is that a wedding song? I don't know. This segment, Rose and Thorn. We're going to tell you our least favorite, the thorn, and our favorite, the rose. Favorite things and least favorite things in Minnesota sports this week. Mr. Wedding Man, Isaiah, start us off. What is your rose, your favorite Minnesota sports thing of this week? Tell you what, it's been a good week. You know, it's a good week when this, I know it's the first time we're doing this segment, but it was hard to make a choice. A lot of good things happening in the world of Minnesota sports this week. Um, So I'm going to go with my rose is that the Minnesota Timberwolves, yes, your Minnesota Timberwolves lead the NBA in net defensive rating at 91.5. Get out of here. Either of the games. That they've played so far in this young season. These young pups came to play. They got a whole new scheme defensively. Cat's now popping out instead of sitting back on the pick and roll. I think it's energized the group. Jaden McDaniels is as advertised defensively. He His hands, he must have been playing just an absurd amount of whack-a-mole this offseason. Because he's got the fastest hands I've ever seen. He had like four blocks in the first game in the first half. Bunch of steals. He was all over. The rotations are fast. They're energized. They didn't even have their best uh, dog defensively, Patrick Beverly, for that first game. Uh, and we know the Rockets aren't great. We also know the Pelicans aren't great. But guess what? 2-0 after it. And the defense was leading them. So, Connor, do you know the last time the Wolves were 2-0? 19. <laughs> Connor, this is actually the third straight year the Wolves are 2-0. So don't get too excited, Wolves fans. But Domination. Wins are wins, two and oh. This is true. Uh, we did see Sports Center had an unbelievable Instagram post today. It was the Chicago Bulls are the first team to three and oh. Eyes emoji. LOL. LOL. That's good. Keep us keep us a little bit centered, Dalton. I like it. We're not gonna go too crazy here, but we are two and oh. And the defense looks great. Offense has some question marks, but you know, we're just gonna push through that. We're not gonna worry about it. Not even gonna talk about it. Not even gonna so talk about great. it. Nope. But I will say this: in that first game, we were at one point early in the game, we were up by like twenty and was shooting thirty percent from the field. Imagine that happening with a Wolves team in any of the last ten years to be shooting thirty percent and be up by twenty. We'd be down by forty for shooting Lap that lower percentage. So when you play good defense, you get a little bit more grace offensively. So we love to see that from the young pups. Wow, what's their thing this year? Raised by wolves. Oh, good stuff, good stuff, good stuff. Okay, my thorn. What's my thorn? You know what? I'm not going to step on anybody's toes here when it comes to other sports. I'm going to stay in my lane. I'm going with the pups again. Yeah, that's right, people. It's pup season. A lot of that talk coming. This one is also probably a little bit obvious if you paid attention. It's D'Angelo Russell. It's D'Angelo Russell. It's exactly what everybody's been worried about with this guy. Is he here? Is he there? Is he up? Is he down? Is he into it? Is he out of it? He had a horrible performance game two. 
seven turnovers, 12 points on 14 shots, five of 14, two of seven from deep, only one assist from your point guard, a ball heavy handler. I'll and show you. It, ball. Yeah. yeah. Okay. MeUndies, new sponsor. Um, <laughs> but it does, it does worry me. And here's why it's my thorn. It's because a game like this shows how critically important D'Angelo Russell actually is to the success of this team. When he's not playing well, it's really, really hard for them to pull out a win. And they did. And they got a little bit more from him late, obviously, with the banked three. But seven of the last nine points. Yeah. So all that he, thorn a little. He he got it going when he needed it. But if he hadn't, we were gonna lose that game and it'd be primarily his fault. So it's it's a thorn because it's nerve-wracking as all hell to know that your team's season sort of lays in the hands of a possibly bipolar individual who just like wants to be there sometimes, looks like an all-star sometimes, doesn't want to be there other times looks like me on a Sunday morning at LA fitness, just turnover machine, sweaty dogging it up and down three point line to three point line. So I'm not going to be too hard on him. We got the dub. He knows it. He saw it. He doesn't get to coast. I think that might be, it might be a thing for him. It's a learning moment. He's going to, you know, look in the mirror here. So I'm rambling. Oh yeah. Rose, great defense from the team so far. Thorn. Delo's inconsistency. Next flower of the bunch, Connor, Rose, and Thorn. Go. I'm going to start with my Rose, and it's going to be Gopher backfield. Minus the quarterback. Running backs at the University of Minnesota. It's been a hot topic, honestly, I think, all year. Not in a negative sense hot, hot topic, but... Like at the beginning of the year, they were comparing the 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 running back tandem we have to you know Maroney and Barber, and they're like these guys, you know, they run all day long. You can't slow them down, and then guys are getting hurt left and right, left and right. We lose a potential Heisman candidate, and then, which is a bold statement, I know, but honestly, he was on track to do that, and then yep. we lose. I tweeted it, and here we come. We still got three guys, three bullets left in the chamber. And they're nice, they're shiny, and they're sparkly bullets. We just pound the rock. And I mean, grain of salt, I don't think Maryland's defense is making anyone shake in their boots necessarily. But at the same time, I mean, two guys over 100 yards rushing, what a treat. What a treat to be able to enjoy this. Gopher fans, fun home game too. Put up, what was it, a 17-point victory or something like that. A lot of fun to watch that Gopher backfield. My thorn is a little nitpicky. I'll be honest. It's kind of a wolf's piece, but it's reporting. I sent the boys uh, a little screenshot. And one of the like wolves reporters or something like that tweeted about Carl Anthony Town says he's watching videos of two gorillas battling it out before games because he's set on being the one who comes out on top in any such duels on the court. Like, what a dramatic, what a dramatic thing to tweet like so dumb like are you kidding me comparing basketball to gorillas wrestling is psychotic it is so different gorillas wrestling is a matter of life or death and basketball ever since ron artest stopped being in the league this is not exactly the toughest league in the world right like i mean we're not uh-huh. we're not bruising bodies we're not bruising bodies it's not the mouse in the palace this is not two gorillas duking it out for they're probably the leader of that pack. I just think that that was Power such a dramatic pack. thing. Power of the pack. I just thought that was such a dramatic thing. What a dumb tweet. Like, who cares? Like, I saw that and I was like upset. Should I have been? No. Was I? Of course I was. It was like, dude, find something to tweet about. You're a twins reporter. Go talk to somebody and find me something meaningful to tweet about. Unbelievable. Thought it was stupid. But ultimately... Happy how the Wolves are playing. So you'd think with the 2-0 Wolves team, we could find something more important to talk about. Apparently not. Apparently. It, was pre, it was preseason, Connor. It was before anything had started. They asked him how he's getting ready for games. He just said, I'm going to be I'm gonna be that man. I, there goes that man, mama. Carl Anthony is not getting pushed around no. in the paint anymore. And you know why? It's because he's fired up, baby. He's fired up. 
Yeah, we'll see midseason if he's getting pushed around in the paint. I was going to say, Valanciunas did have 20 last night. So, yeah. so maybe a couple more videos. Maybe some hippos fighting. I don't know. Get something new, Carl. Well, to me, it's corny. <sighs> to me, it's corny. It's, it's, I don't know what's cornier, listening to Eye of the Tiger to get fired up before games or watching gorilla videos. I think it's corny. I'm trying a little too hard there, Carl. Agreed. Because you guys aren't professional athletes. You don't get the grind. You don't understand what it takes. Uh, that's probably fair. I'm Never. not built different. You but aren't. I, you, I'm talking to two non-killer <laughs> instinct individuals. Neither of you have the killer instinct. I know that for a fact. And because, and you're exposing yourselves on this podcast, telling everybody that you don't have the killer instinct. Because killers know, watch, it's killer be killed in this league. So, yeah, I'd be, I'm watching it. I've been watching videos like that every single day. Every day. I'm a, I'm a menace on the roads when I'm driving. People don't know what's going on. I'm so freaking fired up. You should see me in the line at Starbucks. Guy works at, guy works at Lululemon, and he's talking about being a killer. <laughs> on a you game day? on the road. Yeah. <laughs> in the show. Electric, baby. <laughs> electricity, baby. I'm a bulldog. <laughs> you know it, baby. Yeah, that's true. I'm just not a killer. I guess I don't get it. It's just, it's just over my head. No, I think I, I, well, so did you see the D'Lo thing too? Cause somebody asked him what his plan was for the season. And he's like, whoever it is, whoever's in front of us, we're going to kill him. That's our <laughs> mentality going into the season. Literally. He said that he's like, we're going to kill anybody who's in front of us. So I think it's just like a couple of years ago, they went down to Cabo and had like a nice team bonding experience and on the beach, getting some sun, having some Mai Tai, some mojitos. This year, they're going for a little bit more of a grungy approach, and uh, I kind of like it, right? Would you, what would you rather have? Would you rather have your pro sports team heading down to Cabo for a nice long weekend playing some beach volleyball, or do you want them locked in, ready to dominate? This year, their flight got diverted to Juarez. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm wondering if maybe we got rid of Gerson Rosas too early, because it sounds like he was kind of bringing that mentality into the front office with throwing stuff and trying to hurt people and be a killer in there. So True. maybe that we're having an identity crisis a little bit. Maybe we uh -oh. bring back him. We're uh -oh. all killed. I think you at least bring him in as a special killing consultant. <laughs> <laughs> he could do like a 35 minute seminar about what it means to be a true killer. It's the an alpha. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Dalton, what is your rose and thorn <laughs> before we get too far off and incriminate ourselves on this podcast? Connor, you actually sniped my rose, but I've got another one in oh, the I'm back sorry. pocket. Kind of like a magician. Pulls the rose out of his sleeve. We haven't talked any wild. Haven't. Nope. How about Kiro Kaprasov? Kirill, the thrill. Five points, first three games. All assists, no goals yet. But he came out firing. Worth every penny of that doll, every penny of that contract. So I'm I'm pumped up, baby. Four and zero. They had a tough loss today to Nashville, but four and zero. Exciting stuff. Kirill the thrill, as advertised. Gonna have a lot of Kirill content this off season. This season, it's late. Okay, since Lucas is not here, so let me interject. This is what he would say. Oh man, it's so fun watching him flying around there on the ice. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Thanks, Lou, for popping in. Um, yeah, dude, Kirill's wild. He's such a good facilitator. Like when he's on the ice, like people are just—he's. It, it's like watching the movie Miracle, where they talk about finding open ice instead of an open guy. Like that's him. Like he just finds open ice. Then they have two guys have to come get him because they don't because they're not you know in sync on defense. Opens up at least one guy, and now we're burying pucks left and right. Also, on the wild talk, Zuccarello. That yeah. guy's trade has aged phenomenally. It was horrible year one. I was ready to tar and feather him down the streets of Nicollet Mall. And now he's looking like one of our best players. Like just unbelievable. Last year he had, I'd say he got better as the year goes on. This guy's a fine wine. And I can't wait to see two years from now, he may be MVP candidate. The way this is trending right now, it's unbelievable. The Wild are looking like a fun team. I think it's going to be an exciting year. Um, still pretty pissed about Bali Sports. Uh, let's let's make a deal with some major TV markets. Okay, thank you. 
Seriously. That's a great point about Zuccarello, though. Like, can you think of any other Minnesota athlete who came in and just sucked right away and then turned around, had such a turnaround like this? I David Ortiz. Let's <laughs> <laughs> keep it in Minnesota, baby. <laughs> but honestly, honestly, no. Like, that's it's so rare that we have a guy who comes in and stinks. One reason is because the Twins would have sent him down three times already before he could have gotten comfortable. But um, but yeah, it just never happens in Minnesota sports where a guy starts slow and then ends up taking off. Man, my brain is just firing through all the times we bailed early. I'm thinking J.J. Hardy. I'm thinking Lance Lynn. Eddie Rosario. Carlos Gomez, like two years after he left the team, was like an MVP candidate. Fun. Love that. Eddie. So maybe the only one that stuck around long enough to be good in Minnesota. Excited, Seth? But anyway, back to the thorn. I want to talk about PJ Flex, horrible clock management. For anyone who watched the Gophs beat up on Maryland, the end of the second quarter was some of the worst clock management I've ever seen in my life. And it, I, if PJ Fleck got fired at halftime, I would have said it was deserved. The Gophers had the ball at the Maryland 19. They called a timeout with 32 seconds left in the second quarter. They come out of the timeout. They run run the ball in the 19. I mean, they were running the ball well, but they come out, run, loss of four. So then they're on the 23. They all just stand around looking at PJ Fleck and he's just chilling there. They're like, what do we do? They stand around. Clock's ticking. Four seconds left. They just spike the ball. They had 20 seconds left to run a play, throw, spike it early, still third down. But no, they just, they're looking. They're like, what do we do? Nothing. Spike it. Wasted 20 seconds. Then the field goal gets blocked right before halftime. It was embarrassing. It was truly embarrassing. So that was my thorn. They ended up winning, so it wasn't a big deal. But it was some of the worst clock management I've seen in my life. I don't know if either of you two caught that. Yeah, that's brutal. I saw your message go through in the group, and so I like kind of rewatched it on YouTube TV, and I was like, I was pretty frustrated. Like, it doesn't make any sense. You're on the 19, like, you could do a little screen pass. You could do, you know, something short where you pick up five, six yards, get on the ball, like call two plays in the huddle, something like that, where you need to take at least a shot or two into the end zone, right? You're 20 yards away with 26 seconds. If it's not there, you throw it out of the back of the end zone over a receiver's head and we just call, chalk it up to next play. Uh, frustrating that we didn't try to capitalize more on that situation. Like, what was the game plan from the start? Like, hopefully this run goes for 17 yards and we're on the two. Like, I don't yeah. I don't. Seemed weird. Tell but, me you don't trust your fifth-year senior quarterback without telling me you don't <laughs> trust your fifth-year senior quarterback. Actually, like our our offensive line's good enough to where he probably would have time, but like he's the one missing piece, and he's forty-five. Is it fair to say forty-five, forty-six? Probably. A lot of people go to school for seven years. Yeah, they're called doctors, Tommy. So that wraps up Rose and Thorn. Every rose has its thorn. Did they play it out at the wedding this weekend? Uh, Just like every night has its thorn. I don't know if that's necessarily a wedding. <laughs> it's definitely not a wedding Because song. it's talking about like everything that you think is good. There's always something bad. So mm-hmm. um, while she looks pretty, she might be a hitter. So we'll, we'll see. Oh. I, I requested it a bunch of times. DJ did not put many of my requests through. So that was a bummer. What was the request? Were we staying with the theme of country music down under? Try to get Springsteen, Eric Church in there. Nothing. 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 I did get a request. I had, uh, we like to party, Vanga Boys. Nothing. If you don't know that one. That's a club bumper. You know what's a, I've always liked a good, <clears throat> excuse me, a good wedding song, Footloose, you know, kind of pep it up for the older crowd. Mm-hmm. Love that one. Get the oldies out there. That's you know what's the, a, the 40 plus cr- crowd is just really getting after it. Love that. I've had success with this at weddings. I did this three times at Connor's wedding. You go up to the DJ and you make up a story about you and the groom having a story connected to a song. True. Like, oh, this is our song. You got to play it. And then he'll play it for you. It's worked at multiple weddings for me. I mean, is you have to be okay to lie. I think I was super confused, but <laughs> that's important. This is totally unrelated, but 
since we're not going to record again until the next the, the next podcast not coming out until after Halloween. How do you guys feel about candy corn? So this actually is great. This is topical for me. I don't know if you guys saw my tweet yesterday, but um, I'll pull it up honestly because it's worth it. And we got some time, right? <laughs> um, so I don't know who saw it, but Mississippi State's coach. Mike Leach, yeah. Mike Leach, thank you. He had this video where Mississippi State, you know, won like 50 to zero against whoever they were playing. I don't even remember. I think it was like USF or some crappy school. Vanderbilt, that's who it was. Equally as bad as USF. They won by like 40. And in the press, in the post game, they just start talking about candy with him. And he just goes off on a tangent. And for me personally, I like chocolate in my candy. Like I, he's talking about like nerds ropes, like the connected nerds. He's oh talking, yeah, he's talking about all the sweet Are you stuff. Nerds or nerds? Oop, I was saying nerds. <laughs> okay, uh, nerds. Um, the like ropes or whatever they are. Yeah, like he, that's just not my kind of candy. That's probably why I can't even pronounce it. But, and then he ends it with. I know this is not going to be a fun one for Ike. But he just ends it with, if we're going to go chocolate, we probably got to go Almond Joy. And I know Isaiah's like, oh, yay, Almond Joy. But for me, I tweeted out, I quoted that and said, that's a fireable offense. I would think one bad loss and a comment like that gets you run out of town nine times out of ten. And I stand by that. I just cannot believe if we're going to go chocolate, we're going to go Almond Joy number one overall off the board. That's insane to me. And Mike Leach, that's... That's probably why you haven't stuck around anywhere for too long. It's comments like that. You know, you have some success at Washington State, and then you're gone. You have some success at Texas Tech, and then you're gone. It's frustrating for you, but I think I can help solve the puzzle there, pal. I'd like starting to, to, you're connecting the dots. You're, you're digging in. This is revisionist history. Everybody thinks he got fired because he locked kids in a closet and give them water, but turns out there's another theory. There's another theory. It's the Almond Joy theory. I could not believe that. Like, literally, I was floored. First of all, I was, like, waiting for him to get to, like, any of the chocolate candies. And at this point, you're like, why are you up at 2 a.m. watching a video about candy, big fella? But ultimately, I was just floored. I couldn't imagine or I couldn't fathom that he was just, like, never going to get to chocolate. And then when he does, he goes Almond Joy on me. I was just, oh, my God, whatever. All right. Snickers, Reese's Cups, Twix, rank them. It's it's a Reese's Snickers Twix situation for me. Are those three on your podium of ch- chocolate candy bars? I, honestly, those might be the big three for me. Kit Kat's close. Ooh, Kit Kat. Yep. yep. Okay. T- uh, t- toss Kit Kat back in there. Do your top four with Kit Kat. I think oh, it's like a T three situation. Two, Ooh. Two. Yeah. Because I, I think there are no ties. This is Olympic swimming. We're down right. to the thousandth of a second here yeah i'm gonna go again reese's one snickers two i'll go kit kat then twix what do you guys say dalton reese's kit kat twix snickers Mm. hates peanuts not a peanuts guy i'm going twix snickers kit kat reese's isn't in my top four oh I don't like Reese's. Reese's. That's my that's my controversial take. I just I think they're too weird, weirdly sweet. If I had a candy podium, there wouldn't be any chocolate on it. Whoa! Just say that. What? Is, well, let's get into it. Yeah. What is, drop it on us. I mean, you let's can see. think for a second if you need, but nerds. <laughs> Good old box of nerds. Yeah. Isn't that a card uh, game? I'll, while you while you guys are uh, thinking of it, I'll improvise here for a little bit on the dots. So we know the dots candy, right? Well, dots yeah. are also like yeah. those 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 pretzels that are extremely salty. I think a lot of people in general like them. So I was talking to a guy one time, <clears throat> actually at work, and he's telling me he was like, "Yeah, I was playing video games last night. I downed a half a bag of dots." And I was like, "Oh my god! Like you're gonna get diabetes so fast if you're eating those nasty ass dot candies." Like I can't believe somebody. I was like, honestly, I think I've only ate ever two in one sitting in my life. Like that They're is disgusting. I like they're always stuck in your teeth. So I'm like. I'm questioning a lot about this guy at this time. And it's pretty early on in us working together. So I'm like, hmm, not sure it's going to work. But come to find out two and a half weeks later, 
I brought it up, but I was like, dude, I just, I didn't know why you were, I don't know. It's just weird that you were eating dots. Like that candy is so gross. He's like, whoa, 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 psycho. I'm talking about pretzel. I was like, oh, okay. That makes a lot more sense. And we're back. So there you go. Yeah, that's terrifying. The only thing more gross would have been a set of half a box of crows. You know, crows, it's dots, but it's just the black licorice flavor. And I like black licorice. This guy likes anise. So that's all I'm saying. I like the black licorice, but those are disgusting. Have you guys tried dots recently, though? I used to hate dots. They've grown on me. I tr- I had them like last year, and I was like, these are not bad. Could I might be able to eat half a bag to avoid a situation? <laughs> are we talking pretzels or are we talking candy? The candies. That's wild to me. I haven't though. I will say that I haven't had them in probably seven years. At least. I hated them when I was young, and I tried them, and I was like, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it was kind of that meme where, it, mm-hmm. yeah, this verbal is meme. That's verbal. Meme. Well, mm-hmm. well. Uh, right. One more candy question. How do you guys feel about whoppers? Hate them. Thank Disgusting. All Disgusting. Right. Perfect. They're in my bottom Actually, tree of candies with candy even, corn. Trina doesn't even listen, but that one's at her. She's a yeah. Whopper fan. And every time we go shopping, she tries to put Whoppers in the cart. And uh. I'm just, I was like, if you get them at a parade, you can have them. But we're never buying Whoppers. That's not how this family operates. Dude. I, okay. Whoppers, candy corn, and Skittles are the three worst candies out there. Skittles is a hot take, but candy corn sucks. I'm candy on with corn that. Does suck. That's, Skittles, uh, you like Skittles a little bit. Yeah, back to the original thing. How do we feel about candy corn? That was the original question, right? Well, I'd like to hear you guys' top top four, but I'll, I'll, I'll die on this. I hate candy corn. Oh, oh yeah. I'll fight yeah. anyone who tries to say candy corn is good. But here, okay. Here's a little fun holiday tip for all you listeners. Candy corn on its own is trash. You're going trail mix, aren't you? But if you combo candy corn with peanuts, I knew you were going to do that, I, dude. I, it something changes in them. It's actually <laughs> edible. It's edible at that point. If you got a nice, and they've got to be good peanuts where they don't have any of the flaky part. You know what I'm talking about? The flaky part on the outside of the peanut that sometimes yeah, is in there. Inside mm-hmm. the shell. Yeah, you have to have them smooth, mother suckers. The real like mm, peanuts with a good amount of salt in with the candy corn and heavy ratio towards peanuts, little bit of candy corn. It works out. I'm telling you, it's pretty At good. At that point, you're just soiling a good batch of peanuts. <laughs> wow. Yeah, I mean, if you I, if you tear off a long my... sheet of, if you take a long sheet of tin foil and you tear it up in a lot of small pieces and just throw that in the bag of peanuts too, it probably tastes the same. <laughs> it's edible. No, because the, the um it the the thing that works is the consistencies are so different that they complement one another. Look, I'm not, I'm not saying I'm Chef Gordon Ramsay, but I'm also not saying I'm not. <laughs> it's all about textures out here, folks, and complementary flavors. There's a reason peanuts are in everybody's top candies. They just do well with sweets. They just do well with sweets. Salty and sweet. Yeah. Oh, hey. All, all right, right don't Give us your top four. Well, I, I was just going top three, my podium. Mm-hmm. There's no chocolate on the podium. It's number one, Sour Patch Kids. Number two, Sour Gummy Worms. Number three, Gummy Bears. I guess I'm a gummy guy. What kind of, yeah, you're a big gummy guy. What kind of gummy bears? Is there like a brand you like? Because if you say oh. the hairball ones, that's going to be very questionable for me. No, 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 no. What's the, read the, the reviews? Anybody listen to this? Go read so the reviews funny. on hairball. Those are hilarious. But. Yeah, a lot of diarrhea talk. <laughs> It's like I ate a whole bag of hairballs and I just shit my brains out. And I can't imagine why. I had to call in sick to work. Yeah. It's a five pound bag of gummy bears. Yeah. And they're like, there's something wrong with the batch. It's like yeah. they just ate two pounds of yeah, gummy bears. <laughs> no, I, I went to Germany once uh, for work and they have gummy everything. And the gummy bears there were the greatest candies I've ever had in my life. So that catapulted gummy bears up into my top three it's funny because leech talks about in the video i referenced earlier uh he talks about he's like europe they really got candies figured out they got they really get it over there so on they top really do that, they actually do that there's that uh it's like a dutch candy it's like dime or something like d-a-i-m those are good it's like a little chocolate with uh caramel thing no okay. it's like uh what's a heath what's in heath toffee toffee it's toffee and chocolate but they do it way better Way better. Hmm. Ike, what's your big three? 
podium. Yep. Also, Butterfingers are a fraud. So nobody put Butterfingers in your top three. That's fraud candy. Butterfingers is one butter. of the messier candies to eat. I used to love Butterfingers. I'd do the thing where you I try to eat that. off the chocolate. They get stuck in your teeth. It's like is weird peanut butter. Uh, all right, here's mine. I'm going Twix, 100 grand, Snickers. 100 grand? I love caramel. What's in 1,000 grand? It's, uh, you know, the little rice stuff that's in a crunch? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. It's I know. that wrapped around caramel with chocolate. Mm-hmm. So it's basically like a crunch with a good amount of caramel. You put those in the freezer. You must have made a killing... In Halloween, when you were young, just swapping out the normal candy bars for hundred grands. Everyone else is just yeah. trying to pawn them off. You could get like a three to one ratio yeah, there. Like, it's a right, great I want exchange grands for this Reese's, and you're just like, I got them, and they're like, I got them. I did have a uh, one year for Halloween. My brother learned how to play. He had learned that recently how to play blackjack. That'd be a really fun idea for the two mm-hmm. of us to play blackjack with our Halloween candy game. I'd never heard of at seven years old. And he promptly in like five minutes took all of my candy. I was bawling, absolutely bawling. And I, he was going to take them, but my mom had to intervene. So Two seven off to- suit. That's your fault. <laughs> yeah. He's like, do you want to hit or stay? I'm like, what? And he's like, double down your bet. And I'm like, okay. Does that mean I put in another Snickers? It was brutal. That's rough. That's essentially how ga- gambling in real life goes, though. Just less candy involved, more cash. Ooh. All right. That was fun. Yeah. Nice little tangent. Yeah. Thanks, Dalt. Way to go. Love some candy. One thing quickly about Gophers fans. Gophers fans competed vocally this weekend. When the Gophers at halftime had that clock debacle, the fans booed them mercilessly. Ooh. Nice. While they were winning. So I was fired up because I've always said, we need to boo more. You don't like what you see? Boo. Then you cheer when you like what you see. So they were back on the team cheering them in the second half, but they let them have it before half. So shout out to anyone at the Gophers game on Saturday. It's nice when Minnesota sports fans get off their hands a little bit. You know, get in the game. Mm-hmm. You paid to be there. I got yeah. a question for you guys. Here's a hypothetical. Might get me a little upset. If the Gophers hadn't lost to Bowling Green, let's say... And let's just say flip score. We win 14-10. So not like a God. great showing. We don't house Bowling Green the way we should have. We came out flat, but we found a way. That makes us 6-1, and one, only loss to number five, Ohio State, who at the time was ranked two. Two? Yeah, okay. And we were in that game. Where are the Gophers in the top 25 AP poll? Or are they in it? I would go there 18, something in that like high teens, low 20s. I don't think they're that high because they don't really have like a statement win at all, but they do have, they do have a loss. Like, I think that's, that's a big piece of it is like, even if you beat bad teams, I think they'll rank you highly because it seems like the rankings value wins more over than losses. Like, does that even make sense? I don't even know what I'm saying. So you're saying a bad win is worth more than a good, good. loss? Yes. Yeah. So Actually, Ohio State is a good loss. Beating Miami of Ohio is a bad win, but that's more valuable than the good loss. Yes. I think I guess what I'm trying to say is I think it's important that if you lose, it needs to be a good loss. Whereas that will like help you up the rankings as opposed to if you play a bad schedule and you're seven and oh, I think that's, I think, I don't know. I don't even know what I'm saying right now. I'm talking you think you straight. got lost in this. I got lost in it. I'm trying to, I think rethink. you're flip-flopping. Yeah, I'm flip-flopping and I'm trying to rethink what I'm trying to say. So Dalton, feel free to take this one. I think the Gophers would be a little higher. I think they'd be about 12 because Purdue was ranked this last week and the Gophers beat Purdue. So I think when Purdue beat Iowa, that would have given the Gophers a nice little hop up. So I think they would have been like 15 probably going into this week. And then I think you handle Big Ten teams, you get a win. You're not going to fall in the rankings, even if Purdue probably wasn't that good and just had a lucky win over Iowa. As we saw them get, Purdue got smoked by Wisconsin this weekend and Wisconsin's not good. But I think the Purdue win over Iowa would have made the Gophers look a lot better. Saying like, ooh, they handled Purdue who beat Iowa and the Gophers only lost is Ohio State. I think they would have come into this week ranked probably in the mid-teens and then would hop up a little bit with a pretty dominant win over Maryland. Sidebar, did you guys see a Purdue 
this is courtesy of uh, somebody at work, but Purdue tweeted out after they beat Iowa that they beat the number two out of Iowa, which is clever wordplay. <clears throat> Instead of saying shit, beat the number two out of them. Uh, well done there. But what I was trying to say, I think, is that I think that a good loss can help, but I still think that like if, if we sub out that Ohio State loss for a win over insert average Rutgers North Dakota State yeah if we if we win over Rutgers I think we're higher and then have a loss to whatever you know I, I think we're higher with with win with a win I yeah that's what you were originally saying so I'm following I'm following yeah but when it, at the end of the year oh I mean, no I actually agree because that's what's happening with uh Michigan State they don't have any good yeah. games. They haven't played any good teams and they have no good wins mm-hmm. either. And they're a top 10 team. So, yeah, I think I do agree that yeah. if, if that's the way the committee yeah. sees it, I guess yep. is how I'm trying to interpret it. Fully that's agree. Fully agree. I think I'm with you, Dalton. I think they would be swap the Bowling Green result. I think they'd be hovering right at that like 14 to 11 range. And it's despicable. That's not it a four. Sucks. It's we, embarrassing. I mean, if you look at the Gophers, do you think they're a top fifteen team in the in the nation if they beat Bowling Green? I think it's hard because I think it depends what Gopher team we get. You know, it's like the Gopher team that played this weekend who runs for like three hundred yards. Yeah, I think they could be a top fifteen team, and the defense has played really well the last three weeks. Like our defense looks dare I say legit at times, which is unusual, I think, for the Gophers, right? Like, our defense always has huge lapses in games that don't seem that meaningful. So, like, you know, these slip-up games before our rivalry season, if you will, starts, these are the ones we always seem to lose. So I think there's a chance that maybe they are a top 15 team. Um, I think it's interesting because they still have a pretty good chance to win the Big Ten West amidst losing to Bowling Green, which would be insane if they were able to be like you know at the wisconsin game they have a chance to win the big 10 west and they lost a goddamn bowling green the gophers control their own destiny yeah which well, I is think most all you can ask for to be fair right like because because like wisconsin iowa us i think most of us control our own destiny because there's still a handful of games left against the west but that's a message for the kids you control your own destiny it's all about the kids it's all about the kids i just don't get how the team that absolutely dominates Maryland like an offensive line that just opens up holes you can run a semi truck through against Maryland doesn't absolutely annihilate Bowling Green it doesn't compute in my brain I think that's part of the beauty of college athletics though at times is that like you get a bunch of 20 year olds maybe if you're lucky like 22 23 year olds and like God knows what will happen that's why I think college athletics are so fun compared to pros at times because they're just unknown. Like you can have a team like legit, a team that could be, I'd say the Gophers are probably a top 25 team this week when the rankings come out. But I don't know if that'll happen, but that's what, kind of what I think. And they lose to a Bowling Green, one of like the, just a bottom dweller in NCAA football. That's the beauty of it. It also sucks when you're a fan of that team that loses, but like the Michigan loses to Appalachian State, all that stuff. Like it happens, but that's the beauty of college athletics and kind of the shitty part too. If they don't house the booths the way they do in September 18th, 30 to nothing against Colorado, they probably don't lose to Bowling Green. I think if they True. had like, if that was a tighter game, even just a little bit tighter, they probably don't lose to Bowling Green. That had to have been a case of a team thinking way too highly of themselves. Yeah, that's probably fair. Which is weird. Like to say, like if you don't win so well, you wouldn't lose in a different game. It, it's interesting how like that is what you're saying, Connor. Is like it's their kids and they some have yeah. more experience than others with success and what it can do to you and how it changes your preparation and everything like that. So I don't know, man. I I uh, I'm proud of the Gopher faithful for still being out there, still like being engaged in the season because it it would be really easy to just give up on this team after they do lose to that in that Bowling Green game. So. Yeah, they're still in it, and we still got people competing vocally. Love to see it. I think all the the whole like Gophers talk to me mentally. It's just like 
it goes back to Dalton's point of like, if you have, if Tanner Morgan is anything, is he, if he's, if he's worth anything to this team, like you beat Bowling Green, right? Like those are the games when as a fifth year senior, sixth, seventh year senior, whatever he is, you got to just take over a game and you're in a leadership position already. That's where we kind of need to rely on those people because I think we had come off a few injuries, which is part of football. And no matter what, Dalton mentioned it back back when the loss happened. Our worst guys on a roster should be better than Bowling Green's, you know, 90% of Bowling Green's roster. So, like, at the end of the day, it just seems like it's a top-down thing. And I put it more on the players a lot than the coaches because, like, Tanner Morgan, you're actually out there. You can do stuff. You can get guys going. You can do all this, blah, blah. But I, that's where I think, Dalton, your point on what's Tanner Morgan doing ever since 2019? Not a whole lot, you know. And that's the disappointing part because it seems like a lot of the other pieces are there. Like our, like I said, defense playing well. Running backs are competing at a high level, even for being third, fourth, and fifth stringers. Offensive line looks great. The receiving core, I, receiving core is fine. I think we all thought it was going to be better, but I think it's still pretty solid. It's literally just the quarterback that seems like the missing piece, which for fairness is, is 90% of college football teams, right? Like that's the missing piece a lot of times, but... Spencer Rattler, if you want to transfer to the U, I mean, we'll welcome you with open arms, baby. Ah, don't want him. That guy's not putting an oar in the water. No chance he puts an oar in the water. True. Don't want him. Don't need him. Family, forget about me. I love you. I love you. <laughs> so stupid. Hyper. But I think, Ike, you asked earlier, is this team really a top 15 team? It is hard to look at Tanner Morgan, who True. is running the offense and is like 8 of 15 or 12, whatever, 8, 8 of 12, 12 against Maryland. It's like, it, if that guy has the keys to the offense, can you ever really be a top 15 team? I don't think so. If you watch the game, like he's actually bad. Like He, he, he misses throws where it's like, that's a 15-yard out where the wide receiver has two yards of separation and you just throw it behind him. Like that's a throw a fifth year senior should make in his sleep. Mm-hmm. But maybe there's that's a throw and any, any like major conference, like the big 10 is the second biggest conference in college football. All the quarterbacks who are playing should be able to make that throw. It's funny. Cause this is the same conversations that Wisconsin was having like four years ago. Like not that we're on their true. Line, but that just like, how can we not get a guy that was like horny brook for Heisman, like horny for Heisman. Like, how can they not get a guy that can just like throw slants and like dump it down and like go through more than one read? Like, it's funny because like it's pretty uni- It almost feels like a Big Ten thing in a lot of times where we just don't get like NFL caliber quarterbacks, which maybe that's insane. Like maybe someone will be like, oh, the list all these guys from the Big Ten. But it just feels like they're, it's not a quarterback league by Tom any Tom Brady, you ever heard of him? Uh, who? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, no, but I think that's a good point. Like, yeah. Connor, is it you that always says Ohio State's quarterbacks suck in the pros? Yeah, and they're, they're like the big Big Ten QBs every year. It's like, oh, Ohio State has a stud. But if they suck, I I don't know. who Who is the last Big Ten quarterback who's actually turned into a decent pro? Russ. Russell Westbrook. A decade ago. And he you was only in Wisconsin for a year. Too, right, he just was at Wisconsin for one year. So, like, I wouldn't really say they developed him. He was at NC State for his whole career until his grad transfer. The Yankees minor league system developed him. <laughs> so <I would> say. <laughs> True. But, but, like, I literally after that, like, I would have to go back a ways to, like, Drew Brees. Like, that's probably an exaggeration. I'm probably missing three. But it's bad. Oh, Kirk Cousins. Just kidding. Not that hard. <laughs> Go a bunch party. of Kirk supporters in here. Look at that. <laughs> yeah. huh? Exposed. Yeah. All right. Uh, that's tough. But um, kind of stay on the same topic with the top 15 thing. Like, I'm looking at the teams and it's tough. Like, Kentucky 12, Notre Dame 11, Texas AM 14, Oklahoma State 15, Mississippi 10. You know, like there's not a lot of this teams order. Right. You are going all. <laughs> What's that? Yeah, no, no that like order. 12, 11, 15, 14, 10. He's just naming the teams he thinks shouldn't be there. Like they. No, no, I'm, I'm just saying those teams in that order almost are like, oh, they would destroy us. Sorry. I could have done a better job with that. But 
The only team that I don't even know about is Wake Forest. They're seven to zero. I know nothing about the Demon Deacons. Maybe the Gophers would take it to them, but um, yeah, it's just like that doesn't look like a group that the Gophers fit into really well right now. So I think that's fair to your guys' point that top fifteen is probably a stretch. But they'd be there because they're in the Big Ten. If they were five, six, and one, they would be above all these. They'd be above Wake Forest because they'd have a good loss. And they're in the Big Ten, and they played a bunch of crappy teams. Gophers haven't played anybody good yet, except for Ohio State. And even when we played them, their defense was not what it is now. So here we go. It was us three when we did our Gophers record prediction. We had them coming out at eight and four. They're currently five and two. Next week, they're at Northwestern, then home versus Illinois. At Iowa, at Indiana, home Wisconsin. Do we think eight and four is still probably the mark? I do. Yeah, I'd stand by it. Indiana has not been as good as we thought going into the season. Northwestern is a dumpster fire. Illinois was frisky for a little bit. They seem to have fallen off precipitously. Wisconsin isn't like insanely good as they usually are and Iowa was exposed as being a little bit fraudulent. So mix in whatever you get from that. I think you can get three wins out of those five games. I'm not saying which right now, but I think there's three wins in there. Yeah, me too. If you had to give a percent chance, what do you think the percent chance is the Gophers run the table? Finish ten and two. Cause Iowa's the only ranked team left. And they just got whooped. Seven percent. Seven. I, I think it's low. I think there's just too many unknowns with a with not a good quarterback. Like a good quarterback just makes up for so much. That's a toughie. I'll I'll be a little bit more optimistic than Connor. I'm gonna give him a twelve, twelve percent chance. TB twelve. Yeah. Dalton. I think they win the next two games at Northwestern, home versus Illinois. So then they have the three games left. I think if, I think if they beat Iowa and then they're eight and two, then they roll. Is, then they roll all the way. So it really comes down to that Iowa game. Is Iowa at home? Iowa is in Iowa, which is yeah, never, that's detrimental. Never for that's us. like a twenty-five percent chance. So if uh, I'm not worried, the one if we go four and zero and we're sitting there about to play Wisconsin. I'd bet my house that I don't own that we don't beat Wisconsin. It's just like big bro, little bro, duking it out in the backyard. Big bro always wins. Yeah. Big bro's in a sling, but he's like, you know what? I'm still going to take it to you, youngster. <laughs> Change Who, the rules if he win? has to. Who's going to win the Big Ten? Any thoughts on that? Wisconsin. Wait. <laughs> well. <laughs> they can still the whole Big Ten. We're saying like win the Big Ten title yeah. game. Oh, yeah. Ohio State. You think they're better than Michigan? Uh, big bro, like, big bro, little bro, big bro, little yeah, bro situation. I'm sticking with my big bro, little bro. I am. I'm intrigued by the Michigan Michigan State game this oh. next weekend. Don't be <laughs> big bro, little know, bro. Man. Sparty is sneaky sometimes. Like they'll sneak up on you. I know they're like ranked close, and like how can you overlook somebody who's basically like right there with you? But Sparty, man, sometimes they sneak up on you. That's actually really true. But I just think they are the epitome of a team who is not good and has been benefiting from the conference that they're in. Yeah, Isaiah hates Michigan State right now. They are my least favorite team in college football, and it's not their fault. All they've done is win their games. So good on them, but. The fact that they're a top 10 team after beating nobody is baffling to me. They have no ranked wins and they don't really have any like impressive wins. There's a very good chance they don't finish the season as a ranked team. Oh, like they, they, they could be exposed as frauds very easily. Again, I would bet the house I don't own that they do not finish in the top 25. That You'd get good odds on that. With the eighth best team in the nation right now, I bet that'd be... You could triple your money, quadruple your yeah. money. You could buy three houses. And the thing is, they still like they have, they 
Yeah, they have three hard games at least. Three hard games. Penn State, Ohio State, and Michigan will all just crush them. And I think that will be enough to knock them out of the top 25. And not only now, but like Purdue, like Purdue can sneak up on a team as Iowa knows. So I think that's that's the intriguing thing for me about the Big Ten is that there are a lot of upsets like that. Like where an unranked team that looks like complete crap will go and beat what appears to be a solid ranked team. And it's a lot of exposing ourselves just like week after week, one of the big teams loses to one of the bad teams. Like that's just a consistent in the Big Ten, which makes it fun for me. Because if I was like a Michigan fan, I would hate that about the Big Ten because they are one that consistently gets exposed. Michigan, Michigan State, Penn State, like those three always seem to lose to one of us less successful programs. Mm-hmm. Whoa. Nebraska is one and four, but they've scored the most points in the Big Ten West by a large margin. Suck it. I, what a treat. What a treat so it is to just have Nebraska be bad. Oh, so great. They're trying to pretend like they're still in the Big 12. Just an offensive Never. juggernaut. That's why they scheduled Oklahoma. <laughs> shootouts, baby. I'm sorry. We, yeah, shootouts. We're going to say it. They were riding pretty high after their 2-1 uh, start with big wins over Fordham and Buffalo, but uh, dust comes down. You know, the chicken comes home to roost, so... <laughs> Oh, we'll leave it there. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. This was the Mini Market Podcast. Follow us on Twitter at Tellum Sports, and we will be back next week. Have a happy Halloween. Go Wolves. Peace. I'll never get those 20 minutes back in my life. Like there's a get your booze out jokes there somewhere in there. Boo. Boo hard, especially on Halloween. Ooh, the Vikes are gonna play on Halloween. Boo, people, boo, boo, boo.